0: Main Street in Belfast. 338-6465 or thebelfastframer.com.
1: All right, I guess that's it. The time is uh, 9.59 and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at weru.org. Healthy Options with Cynthia Swan is up next. Okay, looks like we'll be doing that without the theme music this morning, Cindy. Okay, well, we're on. Thanks, Amy. Um, Welcome to Healthy Options. And our topic today is um, integrative options for managing your chronic pain. So let me start with chronic pain is defined as a pain that persists longer than the temporal cause of natural healing. And it's associated with a particular type of injury or disease process. So that's our definition right off of Wikipedia on the net, our free encyclopedia. And I want to um, state from the beginning, we're going to look at integrative options. So that's what our show is all about. So obviously, we're not going to talk about pharmaceutical medications, and we're not even going to go into classifications, we really want to look at what are some of those options for chronic pain management that fall under the umbrella of integrative medicine. And our panel understands that it's rare to anyway completely achieve absolute and sustained relief of chronic pain. So the clinical goals are typically pain management. And of the alternative therapies, there's there's quite a list that's offered, and we're only going to be able to take a piece of the pie today. We're not going to obviously be able to take them all, because we'll be talking about acupuncture and massage, but there's also um, structural integration, prolotherapy, proliferation therapy, chiropractic, behavioral therapy, and of course, vitamin D3 supplementation. And for those who are interested in um, knowing more about vitamin D3, I strongly encourage you to um, get access to the internet and to look up a Dr. Joe Prendergast, P-R-E-N, D E R G A S T, a medical doctor, uh, endocrine metabolic medical center in the Bay Area, who talks about vitamin D3 and its importance in our health. So I strongly recommend that. That we could do a whole show just on vitamin D three supplementation and its importance because all of us in this, uh, in the Northeast, are not getting our um, the amount of vitamin D that we need from the sun anyway, just because of our climate and latitude. So, having said that, let me spring right in to introducing my first guest as we take on this very vast topic um, on chronic pain management integratively. And I have with me this morning Mary O'Haron. And Mary O'Haron is a 2002 graduate of the New England School of Acupuncture in Boston. And she holds a certificate in Toya Hari, I'm hoping I say that right, acupuncture, which is a, a postgraduate training with Koi Ko- Koahari a faculty member of the New England School of Acupuncture. And in November of 08, Mary began a four to five year course of study with Dr. Thomas Duckworth, and he's an acupuncturist in the St. Louis area, St. Louis, Missouri. And Dr. Duckworth is one of two lineage holders of Kototama Medicine from Sensei Makoto M. Nakazono, Nakozono, Thanks, Mary. I've got Mary prompting me over here. I said, please help me with the pronunciations. And he has been practicing for well over 30 years. Now, Mary's professional background also includes four years of full-time work in massage therapy, organic farm work, and work in social services. She has an undergraduate degree in religious studies and she has certificates in massage from the Hartwood Institute and a certificate in female shamanic studies from Vicki Noble, although she says she's not a shamanic healer. Now, Mary's office is in Belfast Center, which is the old shoe, tonic shoe factory from years ago, which has been turned into office buildings. And there she actually runs a community clinic three days weekly, which offers a sliding scale of treatments as low as 20 bucks in a group setting. She also has her own private practice in acupuncture and massage. Mary, thanks for joining us. Hi, Cindy.
2: Thank you for having me on
1: It's good to have you here so let let's dive in what is um acupuncture and how does it how is it helpful and we're looking at the big uh, big picture here how is it helpful for chronic pain
2: okay the the nutshell answer to what is acupuncture um, is it using Needles to work with the meridian system, which is part of the 3,000-plus-year-old Chinese medical system. So acupuncture, the way I practice it, um, I take the pulses, listen to what's going on in the meridians through the pulses, and then I balance the meridians. So I treat the core imbalance in someone's meridian system, and it's, it's energetic medicine, basically. And then I'll, you can also do... Some symptom, symptom work, treatment, symptom treatment, right? But the core of it is treating any energetic imbalances well, through the go, meridian system.
1: Let's go there, Mary, because we were talking briefly about the bigger uh, picture in terms of the gate theory uh-huh. and whatnot that you wanted to share with listeners, and I think that is really good information. Um, do you want to uh, speak to that a little?
2: About the gate theory.
1: Well, about the whole picture of energetic medicine and how um, how it's helpful.
2: Yep. Um, okay. Let's see. Just jump into that. I think one of the ways that energetic medicine works for people um, is in um, it doesn't necessarily go directly it's not a mechanistic model. It doesn't go in and fix necessarily what's causing the source of the pain, but it can help the body to lay down new pathways from the nerves, from the peripheral nerves to the brain, and create, um, according to one study, it works with longer insulated nerve fibers that move to the brain more quickly than the short, less well-insulated pain fibers. So it sets up a whole new um, communication system within the body from the nerves from the nerve endings to the brain and that's a little bit scientific but um, that's one of the things it does and so go ahead so,
1: so that's why so that's why it helps with pain management then
2: yes based on that you you
1: mentioned the uh, mechanistic theory the the or the mechanistic way of doing medicine D- define that for listeners
2: okay well um, the mechanistic view is related to the whole Cartesian view of reality which goes back to the age of enlightenment and early mathematics and views the world as cause and effect and Mm -hmm. um, if A then B, a very more simple mechanistic model, more linear. So most of us still view the world that way when there's a whole new way of viewing the world which modern physics and modern mathematics is already on top of and so talk about, laid it out. So, so I talk think, about that. And you, it's easy to find good stuff about that and research being done that corresponds energetic medicine to um, state-of-the-art, you know, the, some of the latest theories in physics. Um, there's a great book with the Dalai Lama talking to several different modern physicists oh, about wow. um, the nature of reality. There's all kinds of wacky stuff out there about the the... Growing relationship between um, ancient medicine, energetic medicine, and modern math and physics. So it's non-Cartesian. It's I wish I was a little better versed on this, but well, it it's the idea like it's that more that it's, holistic. It's, it's more much more holistically holistic. minded. It's simultane, simultaneity, um, chaos theory. If it's not linear. Right. It's so not, it's, 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 you don't it's, go
1: from point A to point B to point C. No. It's not that kind of linear progression that many of us are used to. That's
2: right. It's, could we say it's curvy linear? Or curvy linear. <laughs> you could. I mean, people will often say to me, so how does acupuncture work? Or how does putting a needle down there affect how I'm feeling, you know, up here in my shoulder? So or, how does it work? Because um, it's... Well, there's a lot of studies going on about that. I'm not going to be able to give a really succinct explanation, but they do know that acupuncture affects um, the hormonal system. It affects the overall nervous system. It affects messaging to the brain. There are many things going on at once. In a a real simple explanation, um, the Meridian system has a 24-hour circuit, and it works its way through the whole body, the chi of the body goes through the um, 24-hour, in 24 hours, it goes through the whole meridian system in the body, up the arm, through the trunk, down the leg, up the leg, down the other leg. So
1: it's like we think of blood flow and how blood gets pumped, but this is chi, we're talking about energy now, and we're talking about how the energy flows through the whole body, Uh, within a 24-hour course of time. So I've seen that where there's the correlation to specific meridian systems, like the liver is not, in Western medicine, you know, we look at the placement of the liver, but here we're talking about the liver meridian, which has a circuitry that it travels. So, and then I've read that there's different times during the day where that uh, is stimulated or is highlighted
2: maybe is a better way to put it. Is that in keeping with what you're referring to? Yeah. I mean, the gist of it is that you can access points along the meridian, on the, along the chi flow, along the meridian system, and it will have an effect further along the so, whole flow of chi in the meridian system because it's all interconnected.
1: So how long, uh, so the relief can sometimes be immediate. Is it fair to say that? Sometimes it can, yes. And then sometimes it can also be sustained because you have worked in that, on that, in that particular energetic system so that they can have a sustained relief?
2: That happens as well. Yeah. It, um, it really depends on what the person presents with their overall state of health, how long they've had the chronic pain, what's their diet like, um, what kind of how much they're able to exercise, what's the quality of their sleep, yeah, all of those factors feed into it. So there's so it. many
1: other factors as well, yeah. and that is the holistic model. Yeah. Because it's it's like unlike allopathic where it's like, give me the pill, it blocks the prostaglandin so you don't feel the pain. Correct. This is a little different.
2: I tell my clients that they will get so a much better effect if they contribute and work with me and become a part of the process. and do the things that they need to do outside the clinic
1: to, to facilitate
2: help. healing.
1: Yeah. Now, you also work, though, for in, as a massage therapist. You have that background as well. Yes. And so where does that fit into the chronic pain model in terms of management?
2: Um, well, it goes back to the gait control theory uh, that any type of pressure therapy um, stimulates the longer... Uh, better insulated nerve fibers. They know this scientifically. So it helps to reduce the sensation of pain. It also increases serotonin levels. It also just generally works to increase a sense of well-being, and as well as helping with sleep. And chronic pain sufferers tend to have sleep issues, and that it gets into a vicious cycle with exacerbating the pain. So if you can increase someone's deep sleep and help them, attain better,
3: a better sleep. sleep on
2: a regular basis, that is going to put a dent in the pain they're feeling. And it's going to put a dent in their sense of uh, hopelessness, which is another huge um, feature of chronic pain sufferers. They feel very hopeless.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the depression, and that's what I talk yeah. about, the
2: um, sometimes counseling as well. And in my acupuncture treatments, I almost, I mean, 98% of the time, I use some touch therapy as well. That's part of the ongoing training I'm doing right now with Dr. Duckworth, and in the Japanese tradition, and they use. Um, I finish off treatments with a little bit of meridian massage.
1: Now, oh, that's interesting. What mm. is
2: what is meridian massage? It's just basically massage with an emphasis on following the meridian pathways. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so And it's pretty quick, you know. And
1: it's a quick, uh, yeah. where you're able to, and you're able to get the uh, response, uh, feedback, like, immediately? Is it immediate? It depends.
2: It always feels nice. Everybody gets yeah. up from the Who table like, like oh, massage. I feel so much more <laughs> relaxed.
3: Yeah, so I would missing. say
2: that's pretty immediate. What made you decide that you were to open the clinic? Well, part of it <laughs> Was because in the Belfast area, there are already three well-established mm-hmm. acupuncturists, and I felt like I had to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I like multitasking a lot. Yeah. That's kind of how I work well. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's a blast. I have the most, the most fun when I have three or four people in there, and everyone's in their zone, and I'm moving from table to table. Wow, um, that's almost that. like a
1: chiropractic model sometimes, though, where you move from table to table. I guess,
2: but we're all in one room. Okay. Um, I think of it more. It reminds me more of my early short order cooking job, oh. <laughs> <laughs> where I've got several things going on at once, and all uh, these things percolating. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the omelet pans, the toaster, the muffins. There the... you go.
1: So you've got so so people. Y- y- you do an intake, yes. and and then they um, you determine based on what the symptomology is what.
2: What no, I, do, I determine or? my treatment based on the pulses and the abdomen. Ah, okay. The symptomology would figure maybe into the second half of the treatment where I might do a little branch treatment and directly address the symptoms, but um, my core treatment is always done from the pulses from and pulse the abdomen. Diagnosis. Yeah. And
1: what do you mean by abdomen?
2: Uh, your tummy. I'll palpate the, oh, the, the, the tummy. Yeah, the hara. Most people don't know what the hara means, so I say that abdomen, yeah,
1: the Uh abdominal area, yeah, and so that's a whole technique in terms of palpation there as well, and diagnosis, Uh and diagnosis. Oh, that's new
2: to me. That's interesting. Yeah, and um, so then shiatsu practitioners use the hara a lot as well. Okay, yeah, it's it's very the Japanese generally tend to use the HARA a little more than the Chinese system does.
1: Yeah, I've the used Chinese. it for, like, yeah, the in the water treatment to mm-hmm. work on the HARA, but okay. I didn't know it was also a diagnostic tool, yes. so that's interesting. Yes. Um, and so the clinic works where so you um, check the pulses and do a brief diagnosis, and then you treat and do they yes. – um, and then this is that sliding scale – Yes. They come in on a sliding scale. And what are the days for the community clinic?
2: Well, the clinic is open Wednesdays from 11 to 3 and Thursdays and Fridays from 12 to 6.
1: Oh, okay. All so right.
2: I try to be consistent with those three days We have open clinic, those hours.
1: Great. And I also want to give your contact information. If you want to get a hold Great, of Mary, it's uh, Mary O'Haron, and the number is 319-3119. And I have uh, an email for you, too, MMOH, um, and that is at GWI.net, MMOH at GWI.net. Remind me, main MMOH.
2: MMOH, it's just m- initials of my name.
1: Oh, okay. All right, sorry. <laughs> Mary Malloy heron. Mary Malloy O'Haren. There we go. There we go. So I want to bring in my next guest into the picture here. And um, I also want to remember to ask all of you how you got involved and have your own personal stories. But I'm going to start that with um, Terry. My next guest is Terry Miller. And Terry's been in the healthcare field for over 30 years. She's a former medical nurse, and she's certified in cranial sacral and trauma release therapy, and the art and science of yoga, and is also a spiritual mentor. She has a private practice and has had a private practice for the past 15 years in which she integrates her skills and helps individuals understand the nature of the mind-body connection, also um, working with healing core issues and helping people move through suffering. She conducts private and small group retreats at her Home in Hope, has a weekly health talk show on um, a sister radio station, WRFR in Rockland, which airs Mondays at noon, and also you can stream it online. And it, she also is part of the Lily Pond Health Team in Rockport. Um, Terry can be reached at 785-5785, and, of course, the area code is 207. And um, email is terryinmain, and it's spelled T E R R Y. In Maine at AOL.com. Welcome, Terry.
4: Thank you very much.
1: Terry, let's dive into this. Why do you even do this work and what brought you to it?
4: Um, well, back in the 70s when I was a nurse um, in hospital care, I began to realize and notice that um, patients were continually being um, readmitted time after time, and they were coming in, their care was being managed, but they really weren't healing. And maybe they were looking for a cure, but even though if there was perhaps a cure of a situation, there still wasn't a healing. And um, that just interested me, mm-hmm. in my curiosity. And So um, after a while, I became disillusioned in the medical care, and I realized that excuse me I realized that um, there was something more something more holistically healing um, possibilities. And I was introduced to Reiki, um, which was an energetic healing process, and that completely turned my whole life around and headed in the direction to, uh, to energetics and deeper spiritual healing.
1: Okay, so what we're, what we're really... Um, thank you for, for sharing that, and I don't know that we were able to catch all of that. Um, that you shared, Terry. So I might have to go back and um, have you re- repeat a little bit here. Um, but you, so in, so that was part of your, um, your your background with actually um, interacting with suffering, which uh, brings me to this question in terms of suffering and pain. Um, how, in your background and philosophically. How do you feel that suffering can be resolved?
4: Um, in my work for all of these years, I, I really have seen that our thoughts begin our suffering. It begins on the thought level and then it manifests into the body. And so in my work, I try to work at that level and see um, belief systems, lifestyles, how we live our lives, how we think um, and work from there to help resolve the issues that land up in the body.
1: Mm. And um, so in terms of craniosacral therapy, how does sacral therapy then, what is it for people who, who may not be familiar with mm-hmm. it briefly, and, and how does sacral therapy actually help release these energetic patterns that we have that then causes this kind of this suffering.
4: Well, craniosacral therapy, um, just from a basic standpoint, works within the craniosacral system, which is the cranium and all of the membrane tissues down through the spine to the sacrum. It's all connected. Every that's all part of the nervous system. Then everything from the nervous system branches out and affects all other systems. And again, um, from our thought processes. To actually having injuries or um, chronic illnesses can create um, can create restrictions in the system. And if there's restrictions, and I'm think I'm talking energetically as well as physical Physically, symptoms. Okay. Um, but we work m- very multidimensionally. So not only do we work on the physical, we work on the energetic, which is most important. Since we are all energy to begin with, we have to address. All conditions from that level, because that's where the healing takes place first. And so cranial is um, very multidimensional, very holistic, and works to not only re- release restrictions on the energetic level, the physical level, but also deep traumas that are held from our thoughts into our body. Mm-hmm. So there's a dialoging process that goes on, that goes on. Now, the, so the client's fully clothed in craniosacral therapy, so it's different from massage. It, it, it's a, 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 Absolutely, and it's beautiful because it's a very, very light touch most of the time. And so, um, uh, almost in homeopathy, where less is more, right. the lighter the touch, the deeper the profound effects because people will, will get off a table and, and say, I, I hardly felt you touching me, but I feel like I've been you know run over by a Mack truck. So, right. um, that's just because of everything that gets stirred up on a cellular level.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. How, so how, how in this, um, f- from this uh, lens,
4: mm-hmm. how
1: can one change or uh, at least end or at least diminish suffering?
4: Right. Right. Um. I work with people, um, there really is a spiritual aspect to it, to understanding um, that the cause of our suffering is resistance and where are we resisting in life? You know, what are we not um, wanting to accept? Where are our fears? You know, where are we blocking? And, And helping people to get on that level, to move through that, and when the mind can be at ease, then the body can be at ease. I work a lot with breath work, Breath work is so vitally important, as we know, because if we're not breathing, you know, we're, we're not here. And, um, and the first thing that gets restricted is our breathing whenever we tense and there's fear, and then that affects all the other systems. So and when we work all on that level, um, then the last thing that we want to work, that we put our attention to, not really the last thing, but really is the actual place where the pain is because that is just the result of all of these other things that need to come into place first.
1: So it, so there's like a, is it, so it's like a kind of a, a protocol
4: in a way? So to speak. So Because th- you're looking at, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I'm just saying if someone comes in and says, oh, I ha- I've hurt my knee and I have a bad knee injury. Well, we're not, of course, gonna ignore the, the bad knee or the injury. That's part. That's just holistically part of the big picture that we're looking at. We're just not fo- focusing on that. Right, but
1: by the same token, you're not just going to go right to that knee. Absolutely or not. Or do some cross-fiber massage, which can sometimes happen in the no. allopathic world, where it's like, okay, we just do cross-fiber, and we go right here in this area, right. isolated. It's a whole different approach. Right, and in
4: cranial, um, what we have found, for the most part, is that, yes, you may have the knee injury, but it may be coming from another part of the body. So we take what they say, but we listen to the body. All the work is listening to the wisdom of the body to guide us and direct us to where we need to go.
1: Is there dialogue in the session?
4: Um, There can, it can work two ways or three ways. There can be, it can be completely a dialogue session where we're connecting in with tissue, organs, cells, talking, dialoguing with them, letting them tell us what's going on. Um, Or it can be a completely quiet session where they go into a very deep altered state
1: and when uh, are you also um, getting information from the client on the table where you might ask them something in terms of their emotional health or is that could that yeah. be
4: part of it or no it's most of it actually okay. um be, for me um just in all of the years you know working it and studying it and you know understanding the process is that um everybody <laughs> most everybody uh in our culture at least, you know, have so much emotion and so much suffering on those levels um, because of a disconnection from a greater spiritual source that that's where we want to go. So we work with that. And almost ultimately, everyone has emotional releases that releases the tension, the stress in the bodies, and they, they feel so much better. A lot of times pain can be eradicated really without even addressing the specific point because we're addressing situations that maybe that was a weakened area in the body. That's where it's holding it. And then once things are emotionally released and, and understood and forgiven and past the fear, then the body can soften and relax.
1: Now, if, in terms of cranial sacral therapy, well, because you, I, I mean, you, I don't think that What I'm hearing is this isn't necessarily purest cranial sacral. Aren't you pulling in your other disciplines, your other wealth of the background in here?
4: Yes, Um, I think a good cranial sacral therapist is one who has the ability to go in and be blank and allow themselves to listen to the wisdom of the body, and um, as well because I do my own work 24-7, mm-hmm. and it is my intention and my purpose to be able to be as clear as a channel or you know, vehicle or whatever, that y- there's, yes, there's that aspect bringing in as well. So where you're bringing in these other, because of your yoga,
1: the <laughs> breath yeah. work? Oh,
4: yes, exactly. Yeah. So in a, a session could could include um, some yoga stretches, uh, teaching about meditation, teaching how to quiet the mind, breath work, that kind of thing. hmm
1: I just want to know, Mary, do you have something to add? Oh, I was just going to,
2: it made me, what Terry
4: just said about
2: the absence, like the, the practitioner getting out of the way. There's a quote mm-hmm. from my teacher's teacher, um, Dr. Duckworth's teacher, Sensei Nakazano, um, based on the tradition in Japanese acupuncture of connecting it with um, swordmanship and the whole samurai mm-hmm. spirit. And the quote is, my sword, him and his, as an acupuncturist, my sword is the absence of self. Oh, that's so beautiful. just the practitioner getting out of the right. way yes. and
4: listening. Yep, absolutely. And in, I mean, in standard cranial sacral therapy, I suppose there is a ten-step protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that there is a tr- tremendous, you know, science behind it, and um, right from the upledger absol- John from him and, and others. So there is a sci- you know, a particular protocol. And, um, so we learned the protocol and we, and then we learned the advancements of the protocols and on and on. And then it's really that opens up into the holistic, the, the spiritual realm, the spirit realm where healing can take place. So, um, that's kind of, that's the door that opens up into that place and just remarkable, incredible, beautiful things happen.
1: Thank you. Mary, I want to bring you back into the conversation here. Okay. Now, listening to, um, Terry, in terms of this realm of energetic, is that a stance that you take as a practitioner that um, acupuncture looks at as that all disease can uh, comes in through the body through this th- through the energetic or through the thought process or through the astral before it manifests mm. in a physical realm? I know I'm getting a little <laughs> out there. I'm getting esoteric. You know here. what?
2: i um, I I couldn't say I necessarily disagree with that model, but I don't. To me. I don't really ask the question, where does it come from? Okay. It's just, it's there. So the question for me is, what do we do about it now? I mean, if someone's, you know, one of my patients this past year, um, he he was a Vietnam vet, and Mm -hmm. he had a bunch of shrapnel buried in his body. So I don't, was it his thought process that took him to Vietnam and drew shrapnel into his skin? Who knows? But, I mean, there he is, and he's got that chronic pain. So it's and like right. Be so here is, now. How okay. do you deal with it? Yeah. How do we deal with it? Yeah. Right for me, I, it doesn't matter where it comes from so much. Is how to
1: right.
4: deal the, with the it. Human, how to lead right. it out. Um, the how to open. Get un- an opening. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we work on the many levels. And um, just may I interject because uh, Upledger has worked tremendously with um, Vietnam vets mm. and. Yes, absolutely. We have to treat the shrapnel in the leg, but the the years of whatever his um, trauma, emotional trauma, has been. Sure. Once that helps, that can also help his, the chronic pain. Besides, A- say, absolutely, yeah. that makes total sense to me, so, and so I think that's, that's, that's just the overall the idea mm-hmm.
2: of acupuncture. You know, you're treating the whole person, you're treating the whole being, you're treating someone on the spirit level, the emotional level, the physical level. They all. Are connected, so right. and they all work together. So to soften one matrix softens another and causes more and right. more openings.
4: Absolutely, yeah. and maybe that's just the clarification is that we cannot um, uh, not include our thought process and our lifestyle process for for managing chronic pain. That there has to be self responsibility in all these other things. That has to be part of the big picture. And and our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings about the pain or or things that going in our life really have to be effect, uh, directed as well.
1: So I'm gonna uh, when we look at this picture, this is where it gets kind of almost a little bit uh, touchy for some because some people will come up and say, "So are you saying I created this? Right. I, I did That's... this to myself, and it's my fault that I have chronic pain, and um, and I did it all myself." what's the response i'm going to have terry first and then miriam and have you respond
4: <clears throat> the response is that we're in the moment we have to look at what is your thought process around your pain in your life and then that's where we deal with you know how it happened and how it came about that's Not what's important is how we're dealing with it now. And a lot of people feel victimized. They feel um, unable to, they just want the pill. They want to be fixed or they're lost. They don't know what to do. So that's why acupuncture and all of these different modalities that are integrative help people to take self-responsibility, but also to include that where their thoughts are right now, you know, look at the connection of what they're doing to their body to exacerbate what the situation is.
2: Thank you. And Mary, you want to add to that? I think Terry pretty much said how I feel about it. I would never, you know, say to somebody, oh, you you caused that. or And I, I would never, I don't think that, I don't believe that, but I do believe they're um, empowering someone to learn techniques that they can use on a day-to-day basis um, with their own thoughts, uh, creating uh, new sensations, creating new internal states of feeling, feeling. Um, you know, having a a moment-to-moment effect through their breathing, through their nutrition, through their movement, through their self-awareness, I think that's very, very empowering, and I think it can do a lot to help with chronic pain. And so we look at, you know, in the
1: pain cycle, it's like you want to interrupt the pain cycle. Yes. So, and and I'm hearing multi- levels, in there are a variety of ways. So sometimes allopathic medicine interrupts it through pharmaceutical medication, which certainly is a way that is, I think, important for some, but we're also looking at integrative as offering as what about even if for people who want to go there, how do we change our thought process? How do we change the way we look at ourselves, look at our pain, look at our lives? How do we change the way we eat? How do we change the way we uh, nourish ourselves? How do we change the way we feed ourselves on all levels? And how can that also set up these different, um, uh, well, different pathways? Because if we look at the quantum world, they say that after a time, you can become hardwired for certain patterns of behavior. Yes. And so if you want to change the pattern, it seems like the energetic medicine can be... um, really effective for someone who wants to break a pattern to break a cycle
2: absolutely and to create a new one
1: yeah thank you um we're going to take a very brief break and then i'm going to um introduce my third guest into um the conversation here and we'll take calls a little bit later you're listening to cynthia swan healthy options and we're talking about integrative treatments for chronic pain we'll be right back Welcome back, Healthy Options, Cynthia Swan, and we're talking about integrative methods for chronic pain, and I'm happy to introduce my third guest, Sandra Turner. Sandra received her Master of Acupuncture degree from the Accredited Academy for Five Element Acupuncture in Gainesville, Florida. There she acquired knowledge of the theory and practice of Chinese medicine as well as western biomedical science. Sandra has, a clinical, has clinical experience and skill in acupuncture diagnosis and treatment for a myriad of health concerns and is treated both chronic and acute illness. Sandra holds certification in watsu, an aquatic practice of zen shiatsu bodywork. She also has specialized training in traditional zen shiatsu and an ancient Chinese practice of meditation, breath, and movement, known as Qigong. She received her certification in, you're going to have to help me with this name, Kino Mana. Oh,
5: Kino Mana, Lomi. Kino Mana,
1: Lomi Lomi Massage. Okay, from Aloha International in Hawaii. Welcome, Sandra. Hi, Cindy. It's good to have you here. So let me ask you, um, Sandra, in terms of all, there, there's just such a wealth of things that you do, the watsu, the zenshiatsu, and the medical qigong. So in the big picture, um, how do what are these? We, we've had a little bit of information on it, but what, what are these modalities, and how can they be helpful for people who do suffer from pain?
5: All of the uh, forms that I practice are based and have their roots in Chinese medicine and throughout the years, uh, many different Asian uh, countries have changed the forms, and now there are so many out there, and depending on the practitioner's education, um, they will learn sp- a specific style. Um, my formal training is in five-element acupuncture. Um, the whole method of treatment and, and diagnosis and treatment is based on the five elements and color, sound, odor, emotion. Um, and that's where I like to go in the beginning when I first uh talk to a person. I I work with the radial pulses. And um, so there are two forms that I like, a form of medical qigong, a Dalian style of qigong, which um, basically is breathwork and exercises that will cleanse and tonify the pathways, the meridian pathways that Mary talked about earlier. Um, That, I believe, is a great way to purge, tonify, or sedate
1: the pathways and help people to learn how to deal with their pain. Um, Are these exercises um, something that people could do even if they're um, uh, bed-bound? The Dalian style is, if
5: they're able to, um, if they're bed-bound, if they're able to use their arms, yes, because they're primarily used, the hands are used to cleanse the yin pathways of the body. Um, However, there is another form of medical qigong where the practitioner will put the recipient on the table. And work on. And work on the body, yes, to tonify and... Cleanse so it can be done by a clinician toxins. as well as um, a treatment
1: that you could do,
5: take-home mm-hmm. exercises. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the focus is on relieving pain, detoxifying, strengthening the bodily resistance, promoting circulation of the chi, the blood, the bodily fluids, Um you know, there so are you're so getting many. things
1: moving, right, Absolutely. on all these levels. Let, let's talk about Watsu. We I did a show a while back on Watsu
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: and aquatic integration. So you're utilizing Watsu. What is Watsu and why is this a helpful? Uh, why is it helpful for chronic Watsu pain sufferers? Watsu
5: was created by Harold Doll well over 20 years ago now, and it's grounded in, in the, throughout the world. Um, Watsu has so many added benefits. Um, Harold actually studied with a fellow by the name of Mazunaga in Japan. He actually studied Zen Shiatsu, which is another form of Asian body work um, where the body is stretched and um, palpable acupoints are palpated on a mat on the floor. He brought his work back to the United States and uh, started a school of shiatsu in California where there were hot springs. And he discovered that um, taking his students out to the hot springs and doing the Shiatsu in the warm water was actually more beneficial to the people receiving than doing the work on the floor. So he developed this style of Zen Shiatsu in warm water. Uh, Actually now I do the Watsu in 97 degree water. So the hydrotherapy is added to the Shiatsu um, along with other elements of um, different modalities such as Dance and meditation and yoga. So it's really a lovely combination of things. You have the uh, hydrotherapy element, and you have the dance and the yoga and the Zen shiatsu. So, as a practitioner, I will float the body in warm water while I'm stretching the body and palpating or pressing on the acupoints and at the same time there are about a hundred choreographed moves in the style that I do where the body is floating and so moving.
1: you're you're involved in the choreography and I just want to clarify something from the when you talk about dance, you're the one who's who's moving that way. As yes. as the client is in your arms. Yes, embraced they, in
5: my arms. They
1: they are not you're moving them. They're not doing the exercises no your it's it's body work. actually moving them they're cradled i rock
5: i cradle i float it's wonderful
2: wonderful work it feels (laughs) great
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really fascinating and i'm very excited about it as you can tell i've done so many different forms of body work and given and
1: watsu is awesome and I just want to take this opportunity to um, have listeners know that uh, contact information for Sandra is nine seven five eight two two two, 8222, and um, your uh, email is zenbodywork at gmail.com. We only have about a uh, little bit over 15 minutes remaining, and I also wanted to open this up to listeners. So listeners, we're going to continue the dialogue here, but if you have something to interject or a question for one of the members of the panel, Mary, Terry, or Sandra, please feel free to call us at 1-866-625-9378. So that's one 625 W-E-R-U, and we'd be happy to take a phone call at any time. Sandra, let's go back, and let me ask you, you kind of started to um, go there, but why do you do this form of, of body work? What is it that brought you to do this? Oh,
5: you know, I just had a flashback to my acupuncture graduation, where the keynote speaker, who was a physician and an acupuncturist, stood in front of the um, parents and family members and and said, um, you know, the journey is long, and, and many of the students up here that are graduating have taken the path of the wounded healer. And I'd have to say, when I look back, that um, I've had so many things happen on my journey in life on a mind, body, spirit level. And I'm always anxious and, well, anxious may not be a good word. I'm um, um, desiring. Desiring and conscious to uh, take myself into a
1: better place. And I want that for other people as well. Thank you for that. We have a caller. I've gotten the high sign from Amy here. So let's bring our caller on. Good morning. Good morning. If you'd like you can give us your name in the town or you can just go right into your comment or message.
3: I'm calling from Dover Foxcroft. I'll I'll, I'll withhold giving my name. Okay. Um you were talking about uh, acupuncture and, and its uh, application for um chronic pain.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um h- all right. Now here's I have a question. All right. Um when you have uh, surgical uh, nerve damage, quite often when a nerve gets cut you have a uh, chronic pain syndrome that medical science has nothing to do, uh, no, nothing for. Right. Um, what about numbness, like the opposite thing? When when they crush a nerve or pinch a nerve uh, totally, and it and it dies off, you lose the sensation in a certain place in your body. Has acupuncture got anything for that?
1: Let's loan this over <laughs> to uh, Mary. You have your response. What? Well-
2: I could make no definite, definitive promises on that one. That's a great question. Um, I honestly don't know.
3: Can, can I? Am I still on? Um, mm-hmm. You are. I, I'm on a kind of a campaign. It was one year ago that I had a uh, hernia surgery. Yes. Uh, the way this is done in the United States is always with plastic mesh. Now,
4: mm-hmm. if
3: you want any other, if you want a right. tension repair or, or uh, a shoulders repair, you've got to go to shoulders clinic in, in uh, Ontario or some other place. Right. Uh, a general practitioner—that's that's what they'll do because it's a cheap and quick and dirty Band-Aid, and more than more than half of the time it works out fine. Mm. Uh, when they damage a male's nerves down there, uh, you can—this happens very often, even though your your surgeons will deny it.
2: Mm. You
3: will be deprived of your sexuality,
2: Ooh.
3: and to a man, that—that's that's not—it's—it it, it gets you right there. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Talking yeah. about uh, mind-body connection. Absolutely. So, uh,
2: Right, <laughs> I would certainly, I would certainly encourage somebody to give acupuncture a try. I certainly will. And let let me
1: um, say something then, Mary. It, let let me ask this question for the caller: um, How many treatments is one treatment a fair go, no, or what absolutely what, what not. would you give them as you know to at least see if it 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 could be of help?
2: Someone coming to me, um, I try to encourage all my patients to do ideally start with two treatments a week for four to five weeks. Okay. Particularly if they're coming in with a, a, a very particular complaint that they want to address. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna, it's going to be that much more effective if you're able to get the treatment twice a week because you're guiding the, the balance of the pulses and the meridians, you're guiding them back to a place of balance. And doing that twice a week is a lot more effective than just doing it once a week and mm-hmm. spreading it out over ten weeks. Um, that's what I've been taught, and so that's how I try to work. And within, that- and you will get much more, uh, a much better result for the money you
3: invest mm-hmm.
2: if you can make that initial commitment for four or five weeks.
3: You were talking about um, um, pain being on different pathway than than the the other sensations.
2: Yes and I do not know the answer to, to well, numbness, if that's short very fiber interesting. or long... F- it, I yes. have the
3: numbness, but, I, but the, I, I can make pain. So pain connects, uh-huh. but <laughs> what you want to feel doesn't connect.
2: Right. That's very weird. Right. Um, you might... Uh, there's a there's a really fascinating book by um, Deutsch He's a medical doctor, and it's called The Brain That Changes Itself. Mm-hmm. And there's... Every chapter is... Um, different, a different study going on in the frontiers of brain science, and there's a lot of stuff in there about um, sensation, no sensation. I mean, it would be an interesting book to look at, and that's a very complex field of study um, where new breakthroughs are happening all the time. So, uh, I would say keep searching, keep trying things, keep going on the internet, keep looking at books um, that are that have just come out on um, the brain and sensation and pain, um, I would say be hopeful.
3: Okay, thank you. I'll let somebody else call now.
1: Thank you very much for your question. And um, do we have another caller? We have another caller waiting, so we'll go ahead and take that call.
0: All right, thanks for taking my call. Um, When I was uh, a very long breath, when I was listening to some of the techniques that I guess you'd call self-executable, such as mindfulness, meditation, qigong, um, those are the types of techniques that I've used to manage bipolar disorder. I've been diagnosed mm-hmm. bipolar type one, and so I have severes of mania as well as depression, mm-hmm. and I've used those techniques um, with, or in conjunction and and without. Uh, Western medicine. So uh, they've been fairly effective, but I uh, always feel like more could be learned and done. So I just wanted to ask your guests what kind of experiences they've had with severe depression and or bipolar disorder, and I'll take the comments off air.
1: Anybody want to
2: respond to that? I have definitely helped people with depression. I have not specifically worked with bipolar, but I, I would imagine... Um, all of those techniques could be helpful, as well as uh, doing um, more research into very specific. Um, are you familiar with the EFT? The, this is on a whole nother yeah, line, but the EFT work. Tapping. There's some tapping work. Yeah, there's. It's um, very profound, that therapy. Yes. Have, are are have, you familiar with that? The emotional freedom technique with tapping? Is that oh, he's still there? sorry. He's we've, gone. We've, okay. We've got well, it. I would definitely look into that. But acupuncture, have, I've definitely helped people with depression.
1: So emotional freedom technique. We've had shows on that. The tapping ah, cure. Yes. Do you have a particular text or book, or just have them look up EFT? I would just but, look yeah, it up. it's pretty pretty profound. About through tapping, thought, yes. um, visualization, and vocal vocalization. That oh. whole realm of energy medicine. Yes. Also, yes. I
5: would imagine that the watsu would be fabulous for somebody who has the bipolar. Oh, do we? We're getting interrupted. No, you need to get closer. Oh, I need to I get, get closer. Um, just to break the cycle or the pattern of anxiety. The minute the, the person immerses in that warm water, immediately the sensation breaks any pattern of anxiety. And once they're swept into that world of the water and all of the movements, it's so liberating. So a lot of people who have... Um, Bipolar or any other type of uh, depression or anxiety disorder benefit greatly from
1: the Watsu. Okay, and I think we have uh, another caller, so let's go ahead and take that call. Thank you, Sandra.
6: Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. My name is Diana. I live in Surrey, um, and I've done the uh, um, the freedom t- emotional freedom tapping. Yes. Oh, great! But, <laughs> I wasn't the person you were ad- addressing that to. Um, I just would like to say that um, there, for me, it, my experience that I had some have some um, recurring chronic problems um, in my digestive order, and I've used. Um, uh, uh, Chinese medicine doctor and have had acupuncture. And although I respect him greatly, his, um, his knowledge and his skill, um, he was not getting to the emotional component. I started working with a kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was such a, um, a big part that switches because even though nobody says this is your fault, if you are of any kind of intellectual processing going on with this, mm-hmm. you realize that you have to change for, for healing to occur for me, I realized I had to change a lot about who I had um, attached to as being me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I had a lot of grief, had a lot of loss, and it was just a big struggle, and one of the biggest struggles for me in dealing with a lot of my emotional par- processes with um, talking therapy was um, it was a resistance to understanding um, emotionally uh, this, this change that needs to occur. Um, and just a, a short work with kinesiologists um, really allowed me to, to move away from being so attached to um, mm-hmm. the choices I've made in the past as being who I am and um, allowing for myself to, to, um, to make changes and not feel like I was abandoning who I, who I thought I was. Right. Um, so I, I really, there, I think that there's uh, so much involved with that emotional part and so much that cannot be just gotten to by talking about it. There was really something that was unlatched by mm-hmm. u- using um, that kind of energy medicine, that soft energy medicine mm-hmm. that allowed my body to let go of that before my mind could. Nice.
1: And I oh, thanks, and I, but I want to clarify. Uh, so you're talking about applied kinesiology? Yes. And why don't you go ahead and just briefly define that, or at least the process
6: <laughs> the, of, of the of of my the work that I have been that you've had done as a
1: as a receiver of apply. I just want to make the distinction between like sometimes people hear kinesiologists and they're thinking in this different realm of. Uh, um, you know, of bone and, and muscle and tissue, and applied kinesiology is an energetic approach. And I just wanted you to right. share what what happens. So, because I what I'm getting from you is you're saying the talk therapy of where you're trying to go in there and talk about it. Yes, you couldn't get to it, but when right. you when the kinesiologist, the applied kinesiologist, talked to the body. Yes you could get to it. Right. Mm. And
6: and the thera- therapy I was doing had both where you do muscle testing and working with the meridian systems and the energy systems. I mean, she was using a, um, a wide variety of, okay. of different energy um, uh, healings.
1: So the applied kinesiology was to diagnose some of that and yeah. then utilizing the other energetic forms to actually get to the crux of the right. matter. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for sharing that with us. Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Um I, I think of that in terms of what you were saying also earlier, Terry, with this last guest that um just or this last caller, that very much about looking at the the emotional side of it and that um that realm. In the few minutes we have remaining, I want to literally go around the table and I want to ask for parting comments very briefly. Um, from each of you in terms of anything else that you'd like the listeners to know, um, something they could look up on their own, a site, a book, um, any kind of thing that could help uh, them in uh, in this realm of learning more about uh, these energetic therapies and pain. Mary?
2: Ooh. Um, <clears throat> I think just... In response to the last caller as well, and something Sandra said earlier, I think it's as important for someone to feel a connection with their therapist or their practitioner um, as much as the modality that they practice. Um, I think the, that that trusting one's own um, intuition and inner voice around is this the right person for me to be working with? Does this does something about this person speak to me? I think that's as important. As the modality. So yeah. I would just encourage people to really listen to find that your match. part of it. Yeah, find your match. Find
1: your match as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I want to find give, someone you're drawn to. And um, Mary O'Haren, um can be contacted at 319 3119 or MMOH at GWI.net. And Terry, parting <clears throat> comments, thoughts?
4: Um, connecting with nature. I think for self care, um, utilizing the practitioner of choice and, and developing a good relationship, but for your own self at your own home or wherever, connecting with nature, quieting the mind, um, just getting in touch with your body in stillness will help tremendously. And we never leave home without our body. We can <laughs> go anywhere and, and do it at any time. So that's so important.
1: Thank you, Terry. And Terry's um, contact information: seven eight five five seven eight five. Terry in Maine at AOL.com and Sandra, very briefly. <laughs> uh, I'd have
5: to say uh, connecting to nature, connecting to nature, keeping things simple, uh, very simple, mindful, meditation,
1: and uh, pacing, pacing yourself. Thank you, Sandra. Mm -hmm. And Sandra, zenbodywork at gmail.com and phone number 975-8222. And this is Cynthia Swan. Thank you again for joining us today on Healthy Options, which airs the first Wednesday of the month at 10 a.m. And special thanks to Amy Brown for engineering this show this morning. Thank you, listeners. And um, always remember to exercise your options.